0: Welcome back to our channel. Are you ready to hear about one of the scariest crime cases in the history of the island of Rhodos, Greece? In 2018, Eleni Topaludi, a 21-year-old university student, was brutally assaulted, raped, and murdered on the island of Rhodos. Investigators heard back how the two men lured Topaludi to one of their homes where they raped and beat her before dumping the tortured body of a young woman who was severely injured and steaming, fell into the sea from a 10-meter high cliff and left her to die. The Eleni Topaludi case has shocked the entire island of Rhodos and the whole of Greece. The brutality and cruelty of the case made it impossible to believe that a human could do such terrifying things. With all the scary and mysterious details, this case will make the reader think and fear. Join us through the door of darkness to investigate the motive that led to this barbaric crime. We are going to the very southeasternmost point of Europe, to a country that has not yet been discussed. Folks, we hope you enjoy your time in this stunning part of Greece. Now that I've mentioned Greece, What comes to mind for you? Perhaps it's the magnificent temples that they built atop the cliffs of Athens. Perhaps it's the fact that their homes are so immaculately kept and they overlook the water. Or maybe it's just the country's reputation for having such pleasant weather all year. Whatever the case may be, there is no denying that Greece is a stunning country. The island of Mykonos is known for its laid-back party resorts whereas Santorini is known for its expanse of blacks and beaches. Both of these islands have their own unique charm. The manner in which this story develops makes it impossible for me to assert that this is always the case. The history of Greece is intertwined with that of the entire human race. In fact, It has been a significant factor in the evolution of western civilization as it is currently understood by us greece in contemporary times is not only historically significant but it has also developed into a very popular tourist destination in recent decades and particularly prevalent in southern europe it is home to some of the most beautiful stretches of beach on the entire continent this is Of course, dispersed among the territory's numerous islands, 226 of them, to be precise. Eleni Topaludi, a university student who is 21 years old and lives on the island of Rodos, which is one of the major islands in the area. She was born on January 15, 1997 in the city of Didi which is located on the border between Mexico and the United States. Her parents are Yenis Topaludi and Kola Topaludi. Eleni was a bubbly and jovial individual who enjoyed a big belly laugh. Her parents lavished their love on both her and her younger brother, and she was always one of the people who commanded the most attention wherever she went. Eleni was highly brilliant, too. Because she was such an ambitious young woman, she never completed a job with less than her best effort, and this work ethic enabled her to get some of the highest grades possible in school. In addition to this, she possessed something of a genius-level understanding of language. She was able to communicate in Greek, English, and Arabic by the time she turned 18 years old. Despite the fact that she had a strong attachment to her family and was concerned about being separated from them, she felt the need to strike out on her own. Elaney made the life-changing decision to attend Egan University on the breathtaking island of Rhodes after she had completed her high school education and received her diploma. Elaney was quickly assimilated into the island culture, which, for a student like her, mostly entailed cosmopolitan atmospheres and drinking cocktails. This did not take her very long at all. She fell in love with the island's easy going vibe and the warm welcome she received from the people almost immediately. And it didn't take her long to come to the conclusion that she wanted to make this her permanent home. I mean, it's true that she had a deep and abiding love for her family. But she also had this nagging feeling that staying at home wasn't going to bring out the best in her. She had the desire to leave home, which is something that I'm sure a lot of us can relate to. She ended up making a lot of friends on the island while she was there for her studies. And the majority of the people she encountered fell in love with her personality. The majority of individuals drawn to her did so because of her contagious grin and her goofy personality. She had dark brown hair and deep brown eyes, both of which drew the attention of many men while she was on the island, and it was a romantic attraction that I have in mind when I say attract. Eleni was on Facebook in November 2018, when she received a message from a young man from Albania named Alexander Lautze. Alexander was only 19 years old at the time. Alexander was currently residing on the island, and with the use of these communications, he crafted an image of himself that was friendlier than it actually was. He was pleasant to her on the surface, complimented her attractiveness, and was cordial and courteous in general toward her. In addition to that, He kept himself in shape by regularly participating in local marathons. Eleni found it quite endearing that many of these were donations to support charitable organizations that were struggling. As a result, the two started talking to one another and discovered that they had similar interests. Eleni also discussed how much she enjoyed going on adventures and how much she cherished the state of Rhodo's Island. You probably already have an idea of where this is going to go. Following a week of intermittent messaging between one another, the two finally agreed to go on a date. Nothing too large. It was only for dinner at a kebab restaurant in the neighborhood, which is widely considered to be a sort of fast food in Greece. As a result, the two were scheduled to meet for the first time on November 27, 2018. She graciously accepted Alexander's offer to pick her up from her apartment and drive her to his location. Meeting Alexander would turn out to be a decision that would end up costing her significantly more than the price of a lunch, despite the fact that she was unaware of this fact at the time. Out. It was an ordinary Tuesday evening, and the month of November in Greece brought moderate temperatures and conditions that were generally agreeable. Her appointment with Alexander was supposed to start at 10 o'clock and the hour was getting closer all the time. Alexander arrived at her apartment in a pickup vehicle on time. After parking his vehicle a short distance away, he then walked over to the main entrance of the complex. The images captured by the surveillance cameras show him walking back, and fourth in front of her apartment building until she finally leaves the building to go on their first date together. Before the two of them walked towards Alexander's van, Alexander gave her a peck on the cheek. The truck itself was nothing extraordinary, but what was more surprising to Eleni was the fact that they were not alone in the parking lot. Eleni was really perplexed by the fact that there was another man waiting for them in the third seat of the vehicle. I mean, what kind of person is it that goes on a first date with their friend? In any case, he presented himself as a man cuckoo Ross when he introduced himself. My guess is that Alexander had a far more relaxed outlook on the state of affairs than Eleni did. Regardless of the outcome, she decided to embrace the new situation, and the three of them headed out to have kebabs. The following is some information regarding our uninvited guest past. It has come to light that Manolis Kukouros is in fact the offspring of a local family that is both wealthy and important. The Kukara family owned a large number of businesses along the highways, including restaurants, pubs, and shops. Because of the amount of money that was being passed around, Manolis was used to getting his way. He was a pampered brat who, in short, allowed money to do the majority of the talking for him and often let it do so. In addition to this, he had a history of having had a few brishes with the law in the past. The majority of these incidents involved either theft or serious assault, and all of them involved tossing money at the problem in order to make it appear as though the problem had been resolved. It was eventually discovered that Manly's father was the owner of the vehicle that Eleni was currently riding in. Manly also flaunted his wealth and status for the entirety of the trip while he was with the two men. The man continued by informing Eleni that his family had a luxurious vacation property in Lindos, which was located not too far from the restaurant. After that, he recommended that rather than dining at a fast-food restaurant, they could first grab their food and then head to the vacation home where they were staying. The request was made so soon after the initial meeting that it seemed a little too forward, but Manilus was a highly persuasive man. In addition to this, Alexander appeared to be game for it as well. Eleni complied with the new suggestion only after much reluctance. Nonetheless, She was not entirely certain what transpired during her appointment with Alexander. It looked like the whole thing had gone off the rails. After they had finished picking up their lunch, the three of them made their way to the summer house. Once there, Eleni, who had become aware that she was in an unusual circumstance, sent a message to one of her other friends, requesting that she phone her within an hour. It was obvious that the circumstances in which she found herself caused her a great deal of unease. However, in order to avoid the appearance of rudeness, she sought an explanation. The absolute best solution that she could come up with was to make plans to leave on behalf of a body. And if the males knew that someone else knew where she was, then they certainly wouldn't try anything on if they knew that person knew where she was. However, there was no response when Alini's body tried to reach her on her mobile phone just an hour later. And instead, it was delivered directly to the voicemail system. This was not the norm. It's possible that the battery on her phone died. Or it's possible that she just decided not to take the call after all. In retrospect, it appears that her body did not fully comprehend Alini's predicament. And in any case, She kept the letter succinct and to the point. Neither of these two possibilities turned out to be accurate. In fact, the root cause was something much more diabolical. And after a disastrous evening out with a potential suitor, she went completely silent for the rest of the night. She never once went back to her apartment in the city. We are now moving on to the morning of the following day. It was the 28th of November in the year 2018. Two fishermen were on their way to do some fishing in the morning as they meandered along one of the many cliff sides that Rhodos is home to. However, while the two were searching for an appropriate location, their attention was drawn to an unusual object. When the two started peering over the edge of the cliff, they initially felt curious but that feeling quickly turned into one of terror. Before they knew it, they understood that they were looking down at the remains of a human being. After calling the local authorities, police were sent to the area as soon as they were notified of the incident. When the fishermen spoke to the cops, they expressed their surprise that the body had not been washed away. This morning, the water was relatively shallow, and the tide was very rough. If this person's body had been carried away by the current throughout the night, it was possible that they would have been lost forever. The victim was a young woman, and regrettably, she had been battered in such a vicious manner that she was completely unrecognizable when her body was found. A single tattoo of a rose on the individual's ankle was the only distinctive mark the investigators were able to locate. Officers started asking questions at all of the area tattoo parlors as they waited for the forensic results to come back to see if they could find a match. It didn't take long for their efforts to bear fruit, as it didn't take long before the deceased person's identity was determined to be that of Eleni Topaludi. The night before, she had been hurled from the edge of the cliff. After being informed of the situation, Alini's family reacted as one would expect. They were shocked and upset to learn of the tragedy. Immediately after this, investigations into how she got into this predicament got underway. It was immediately apparent that the majority of Alini's wounds had occurred prior to her slide down the cliffside. She suffered many cuts from a knife, multiple blows to the head, and she was strangled. It appeared that she had also been sexually raped, as she had been tied together at the knees, and her legs had also been bound together. Therefore, I'm confident that you can already guess where this is going to go. However, it did not take the Office of the United States Marshal very long to narrow down their list of suspects. They achieved this by studying security footage taken outside of Alini's home. Following the disclosure of this information, both Manilus and Alexander were brought into custody by law enforcement officials and ultimately arrested. It should come as no surprise that our privileged and wealthy brat pretended to be innocent, yet he did it. Nevertheless, Alexander fell apart when being questioned by the police. He admitted that not only he but also Manilus were to blame for what had happened. Alexander told the police that after picking up their meal, the three of them headed over to the Kukura summer home in Lindos, where they then collectively hung out on the roof, ate their kebabs, and had a couple of beers before leaving. Alexander made this claim while recalling the events of the previous evening to the authorities. However, not long after this, it became clear what their genuine aims were. While they were there, the two men made a pass at Helene and asked her to have sexual relations with each of them. The proposal took Helene completely by surprise. She had only been communicating with one of them for a week, and the other one was still an unidentified person to her. She respectfully declined the offer, but shortly after she did so, things took an unexpected turn for the worse and became violent. The two individuals were not going to accept defeat without a fight. Eleni was brutally grabbed by another man while one of the men pulled out a knife and threatened her with it. She put up a fight, but she was outmatched by her opponents. After that, Manilus and Alexander led her downstairs to a room that was a complete mess. And in this room there were two mattresses that were covered with mud. Eleni sustained head trauma both during and after the assault that was committed on her. After Eleni eventually regained consciousness, she valiantly fought back to rescue herself and informed her attackers that she would report them to the police, despite the fact that she was in a great deal of pain at the time. This was something that Minoli was unable to accept. He came from a family that was quite well known and if she were to bring attention to his vile nature, not only his reputation, but also that of his family would be tarnished irreparably. The level of violence in his intentions increased. Eleni could only be rendered silent in one of two ways. Either her ability to talk had to be taken away from her, or she had to just vanish. They initially attempted to kill Eleni by suffocating her, but when that didn't work, They beat her skull mercilessly with an iron. Eleni, though, was adamant that she would not die. They then drove to a lonely cliffside, where they flung her off the edge into the murky sea below after they had loaded her up into the truck. Eleni was completely submerged after falling ten meters into the shallow water. The water was only belly deep, and in spite of everything that had happened to her this evening, she was still in good health. She was conscious but paralyzed, and she was unable to swim or stand, so she ultimately drowned in the shallow water of the ocean, which was a protracted and excruciating death. And after taking care of Eleni, the two men went back to the summer house where they had been staying. In spite of this, Minoli and Alexander acted in an extremely foolish manner by covering up their crime because blood was found all over the entire property, it was clear that neither one of them had ever cleaned anything in their entire lives. In addition to this, when they had gathered all of her clothing and personal belongings, they went back to the location of the crime and hurled everything over the side of the cliff, the slope, the angle and the direction that the wind was blowing all contributed to the fact that the majority of these items were really grabbed by the bushes along the way down. They most certainly had it planned out in advance for all of these things, including Alini's body, to be swept out to sea. In spite of this, none of them had bothered to check the tide, and as a result, the entire cliffside was covered in evidence that they had left behind. It can be said without a shadow of a doubt that this idea was not well thought out. And as we all know, just the very next morning, two fishermen would locate her body after the summer house was roped off and checked out by the authorities. And in spite of the poor attempt to clean it, the property still vividly depicted the gruesome events that had occurred earlier that night. Blood belonging to Eleni was discovered on the staircase as well as in the kitchen, the hallway, and the bathroom. There were a few unexpected turns in the story that involved our villains as well. After their arrest, the local news stations were extremely racist towards Alexander, and as they villainized him, several stations were quick to present Manilus as an unwilling participant in the crime. This occurred shortly after their detention. This, of course was not even close to being accurate, and as I had mentioned before, Minoli had already gotten into a few scrapes with the law, but every time, he was able to smooth things up with his money and his status. But what's even worse is that, as time went on, it was found out that some of these claims were false allegations of assault as well. Once more, The Kukuras family would contribute a significant amount of money to the legal matter in the vain expectation that this would result in Manilus receiving a sentence that was less severe. Throughout the entirety of the judicial proceedings, Alexander and Manilus pointed the finger of blame at one another for the death of Eleni. Every one of them would say that they were just following orders when they took part in the assault, the murder, and the cover-up. If either of them were in this situation, then why didn't they notify the police or take the weapon away from the perpetrator? The authorities were unable to comprehend their justifications. Unfortunately, both the media and the court would frequently side with Manolis rather than Alexander. This is the result of a systematic issue of xenophobia, which is unfortunately rather prevalent in Greece. In Greek courts, It is not uncommon for local Greeks to treat foreigners in a manner that is distinct from how they treat Greek citizens. And while they were on trial, Minoli's legal team would portray Alexander as a foreigner who had tainted the son of a well-meaning and important family. This would be done in an effort to discredit Alexander. This indicates that Alexander's past transgressions were brought to light at the same time as Manolis's earlier events. Alexander was charged with many counts of sexual assault, although he denied all of them. Fortuitously, sexism manifested itself in a quite pervasive manner during the course of this investigation. The media asserts that Eleni was, quote, a loose woman who asked for it adding that because she was not in a committed relationship, she openly slept around. This argument is based on the fact that Eleni was not in a serious relationship. In addition to this, it was suggested that she had mental health issues. And according to the rumor, she was the one who wanted the three of them together. The legal team for Manilis utilized this sort of media coverage to further drive home the point that their client is an innocent tiny infant boy. And to add insult to injury, they made an attempt to smear Eleni's reputation. One thing I wanted to express earlier but refrained from doing so is that, unfortunately, this was not the first time Eleni had been the victim of sexual assault. It had only been two years since she had been a victim. That horrifying assault was documented, and then it was used as blackmail to keep Elainey quiet about what happened. And after coming to the police for assistance, she was actually urged to drop the case and preserve it for herself, which is something that I had never recognized before covering this case since I had never been exposed to it. However, The disregard for the protection of women in Greece is appalling, and this is the primary reason why so many cases of sexual assault are never brought to justice in this country. Believe it or not, but the legal team representing Minoli in the Bologna case also made a move to have no females serve on the jury. The Kukuras family did everything in their power to get their son off with a reduced sentence because they had the misguided belief that women could not be rallied upon to render fair judgments in this matter. They communicated with the general public, made efforts to convince people of their version of events, and even resorted to paying a psychiatrist to prescribe and antidepressants so that he would appear more fragile. Throughout the entirety of their trial, Manilus and Alexander gave the impression of being arrogant. They were frequently spotted smiling and joking while in court and even flashed the middle finger to the camera teams. In spite of this, Alexander and Minoli were found guilty of Alini's murder, and after two years of legal hearings and discussion, they were each given a sentence of life in prison for Alini's death. On paper, this may appear to be a positive development, but, in Greece, this period of time may be as short as 10 years. They each received a minimum term of 15 years in prison for sexual assault, bringing their total time served in prison to a minimum of 25 years. In light of the fact that both of these men had a history of running afoul of the law and the fact that the crimes they committed against Telemi were so heinous, The penalties appear to be insufficient. Leaked tapes that were transmitted from prison show that both Alexander and Minoli are getting their own crimes committed against them behind bars, which is an additional 25 years added on to their respective sentences. So you may do whatever you want with that knowledge. Both of these individuals have not displayed any remorse for their crimes. And the public as well as Alini's family are still waiting for some sort of apology from the two of them. But they have not received one at this time. Because femicide is not considered to be a crime in Greece, Alini's family decided to start an anti-femicide campaign in her memory. This is due to the fact that Greece has not yet criminalized the act. I believe that Alini's case brought the public together in a powerful way given the horrific nature of what happened to her. Today, there is a growing movement to infemicide, which is crucial and heartening. However, nothing can bring Eleni back to life. She will never know about the outpouring of support in her honor or the investigation into her murder. Eleni was a bright young woman with a promising future ahead of her, but two men who saw her as worthless cut her life short. Her family visits her grave on her birthday to lay flowers and say prayers for her peace. They too deserve closure and healing in the aftermath of this tragedy. As for Manilus, it will be a blessing for him if his parents can still care for him when he is eventually released from prison. And on a lighter note, can we make it a legal requirement to understand what's written on our own clothing? This Moronic offender clearly missed the memo. Thank you all for listening and taking this issue seriously. Please share your thoughts in the comments below. I'll be back soon to discuss another case, but until then, take care of yourselves and stay safe. Thank you and goodbye.